You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Every week, Travis Cura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it ends! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Two and Out CFL podcast. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Very special episode of the show today as CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi is on the show. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. And life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, they can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Let's get to my conversation with Randy Ambrosi. And joining the show right now is CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. It's been three years since we've been able to talk, and a lot has happened since then, uh, to say the very least. So on a personal level, and I know the world isn't past COVID, but there was the missed season in 2020, the shortened 2021 season. Hey, there were CBA discussions in the offseason. How has it been, been just getting back to football? Well, it's been exciting. Uh, quite honestly, you know, when um, when it's what you do, you know, we play football. That's our that's our business. And just to see the players back on the field, to see the coaches coaching, to see the fans back in the stands. And frankly, Travis, to see a lot of smiles, right? Like kind of everywhere you turn, I, I think there is just a feeling, um, a good feeling happening uh you know around uh you know around the world really and uh, i think you know, we all went through covid together some suffered more than uh, than others and and we have a lot of people to be thankful for uh that helped us get through it but it's nice to see all those um, it's nice as i say nice to see everyone back together and certainly nice to see us playing football yeah, there's certainly been some exciting games already this season, but the past two off seasons have included discussions with the XFL, discussions about a fourth down, tweaks to the Canadian ratio. All of them were just discussions, but some fans concerned about losing the C in the CFL. Should those fans be concerned? You know, actually, Travis, I, I see this very differently. Uh, I think that uh, Canadians, for as long as anyone can remember, and and further back than that, perhaps Canadians have distinguished themselves. I, I think there's a. I think in some respects, the, the mistake I believe we make is to think that our Canadians are playing because they're protected. No, 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 no. They're they're not. I played with Dan Ferroni. I played with Pierre Bercheval. I played with Rod Connop. I've seen countless others uh, Canadians who have come into this league and been some of the best athletes 
uh, that we've ever seen. If you go to the Hall of Fame, you'll you go up and down the uh, the hall, and you'll see Canadians who have been, uh, you know, frankly, rock stars in our game. I, I I think the mistake we make is thinking that the C in Canadian is uh, is there because we protect Canadians. I think it's there because Canadians are great. And frankly, Travis, look around the world of sports. We have more Canadians playing in the NBA now than ever before. We have Canadians performing incredibly well in golf. We have Canadians, of course, in in the great game of hockey. Canadians aren't protected in the game of hockey. They are in the game of hockey because they represent some of the best players in the world. And those names, we could rattle those off. And the list is longer than both of our arms strung together. So I... (laughs) Look, I'm I'm super proud of the the C in the Canadian Football League, but what I am mostly proud of is that Canadians have proven over and over and over again that they can compete with anyone in the world. We have more players playing in the NFL, Canadians, than ever in our history. We have more than 20 Canadians that are in the NFL. They're not there because they're protected. They're there because they are more than capable of competing. I think that's the more important storyline. Now, that being said, there were some rule tweaks this past offseason, including narrowing the distance between the hash marks. We're at about the halfway point of the season. Have the rule changes had the desired effect, you think? You know, I, I believe they have. And, you know, not uh, it's not it's more than my belief. When you look at the, at the statistics, you know, we track all of the categories. Scoring is up uh, first step, you know, uh, two and outs are down. Uh, first downs are up, uh, yards per play are up. Every category that we track, you're showing green, and and that's showing an improvement. Seventy uh, percent of our games have been decided in the last three minutes of the game, which is again a hallmark. People often, I believe, Travis misunderstand the the C in in the Canadian Football League. I think one of the biggest one of the biggest distinguishing features of our game is the size of our field. The size of our field is a little bit like the size of our country. Yeah, uh, we have 700 square feet more more space per player on our field than the other brand of football, and there's an opportunity to use that field to make the game faster and more exciting. And so I I think you know credit to uh, Greg Dick and his crew uh, that worked through the rules committee. Credit to uh, to Tyler Mazaru and and others on our team that helped us to do some really good market research and understand what fans were looking for. And then credit to the coaches and GMs and team presidents who came together in a really collaborative way to really look for ways to, uh, you know, to take advantage of our big field and to look for ways to make the game fun, fast and entertaining. You know, I uh, I always go online and we ask fans what they'd like to hear from you. And along the line of rules, fans are asking uh, Sheldon, Brian, Matt asked, what's being done to achieve more consistent officiating and faster booth reviews? Uh, At times we've seen a command center come in and they made the right call, which is important. But uh, I think there's a balance with with game flow as well. And they have slowed down the game at times. Well, Travis, on a positive note, our games are actually coming in faster than uh, than they have. So our our pace of play is actually improved. Look, if you got uh, if you've got their numbers, let's get every commissioner from every sports league in the world, and I'll bet you you can we can ask them if they have a conversation with somebody this week about officiating. Uh, one of the things that uh, is a reality of sports is it moves at light speed. 
And whenever when things move at light speed, uh, you've got these amazing officials who are, you know, following these superhuman athletes up and down these fields and on and off the ice. And uh, you're making judgment calls. I happen to think that our officials are some of the best in the world at uh, at officiating. You know, are they perfect? No. Do they think they're perfect? No. But a real one of the real features of our league. And I, I think that two people deserve a real shout out. Greg Dick, uh, our head of football operations, and uh, Darren Hackwood, who heads our officiating group. One of the things I was most proud of when Darren came into this role is he took a, he took the view that we can always learn and we can always get better. Darren uh, organizes uh, a session every week where the officials really talk through uh, some of the areas where they may have made mistakes. What can they learn from it? How can they learn from each other? How can they help each other? That's a really, that's a really great culture to have. And I think that will lead us to better officiating. But the other thing that both Darren and Greg supported is we send out a note, uh, a memo to the coaches, presidents and GMs every week. And we explain where we made our mistakes because we believe that that transparency, that, you know, ad- acknowledging that we're not perfect is a better way to establish our credibility. And uh, and I believe that, you know, that, that our football people around the league have appreciated that kind of honesty and that kind of transparency. And they know uh, that we're working hard to make sure that we do the best job possible. But again, I, I'll start with this and I'll end with it. I think we've got some of the finest officials in the world. They They are remarkable at what they do. Are they perfect? No. Are they really good? Yes. I must ask you about some off-field stuff. There's some new faces in front offices in Montreal, Gary Stern, Edmonton, Victor Cui, Vancouver, uh, Amar Doman, and fans really seem to love, and I, I don't want to single them out, but these three gentlemen and give fans hope for the future of our CFL. They just love their energy and their positivity. How is the league going to leverage their popularity uh, going forward, especially on social media, because the, their engagement is just off the charts? Yeah, you know, the word that uh, that you use that I think describes uh, that group really well is their level of energy and and that passion that they bring to their uh, to their roles, not not just. Not just in the social media world, but just kind of the the, the general demeanor of uh, of that group are um, you know super high charged and and uh, very energetic, and I think that is resonating with the fans. You know, how do we take advantage of it? They join another group of remarkably high energy and passionate people around the league. You know, if you look at what Wade Miller does in Winnipeg and and Craig Reynolds and his group in Saskatchewan, and then I could go on and on, Scott Mitchell and Matt Afnek in, in Hamilton and, and the group in Toronto and Ottawa. You know, I think what I would say is I think we've got a really remarkable group at the, starting at the front office and all the way through football operations. I think we've got really strong people in this league. I think we have strong ownership in this league. And uh, and the sky's the limit on how how big and strong we can get. We have a lot of work to do. We also have a partnership with Genius Sports that represents another remarkable group. Uh, so look, I, in many ways, I don't know that the league has ever been stronger, but it's ours. Uh, ours is the opportunity to harness all that talent and all those capabilities and take this league to bigger and better places. Well, I got to ask you about Genius Sports and everything that they bring to the table. What have 
what have we seen from that partnership already? And what are we going to see going forward? Are you able to put anything out there for fans? Yeah, you know, Travis, I think the thing that uh, that we're seeing is they are deliberate, methodical, and professional. They, 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 you know, made it clear we we knew going in that in order to harness the power of their platform, we had to lay a whole new foundation. You know, we had to be able to capture data in a way that uh, we weren't prepared for previously. Genius has made it clear there's no sense in doing the next stuff that's more fun unless you set the foundation right. You know, in many ways, they're a lot like our coaches, you know, blocking and tackling. Get that right and then and then work on your fancy plays uh, second. They're doing a lot of that work right now. So they have been they've been hard at work 24-7 building that foundation on which the next phase will come. What what comes next? The, uh, you know, the cameras that are being installed in our stadium, second spectrum cameras, which will capture data in a very, and, and images in a very unique and powerful way. It's going to allow us to augment our broadcasts and share that technology with TSN as an example and our, and our broadcast partners around the world. Uh, but that has to get installed. It has to get tested. And then they have to teach the technology how to read the images that they're going to be receiving and how to interpret them. All of that work is being done. We're working on marketing strategies that will be highly, highly targeted, highly customized, highly personalized so that, you know, we can observe the behavior of football fans and then and then tap into that behavior where we see a fan who is um, a fan of a University of Manitoba athlete, and now we show them the University of Manitoba athletes that are playing in the league. It shows them an, uh, an Ohio State uh, fan, and then we tell them, hey, you've got two Ohio State alum that are playing this weekend, one in Toronto and one in in, uh, in Ottawa, for example, and you can tune in and watch them. So their technologies are spectacular. But in order to harness the technologies, we've got to do that. We got to do the foundation building, and that's what's going on right now. Does uh, any of the technology that they bring to the table would it entice fans to come into the stadium and improve the in-game experience as well? Because uh, attendance has been a point of discussion. I think not only for the CFL, but kind of just live events in North America and across the world. Well, you know, one of the things that I uh, like about to me, of the many things that I like about Genius, and frankly, I would say this about our entire system, is that we're all thinking about everything all the time. We're not isolating our thought process to one area of our business or another. We're asking the question, how do we improve everywhere? I think that's been, frankly, Travis, one of the hallmarks of this Board of Governors is their appetite and desire uh, to to move this league forward in the right direction. But coming out of COVID, we still have a, you know, we still have a cohort of our fans that are a little hesitant. They're, they'll be a little slower to come back and you can't blame them. Many families suffered greatly during the COVID crisis and everyone has to, you know, come out of this at their own pace. But the, you know, work being done to create in-stadium experiences. I was in, um, I was in Regina on Friday night for the game against the Lions. It was an incredible atmosphere. There was, you know, that the riders didn't get the outcome that they wanted on the field, but in the fans were having a ball. The, the energy and entertainment in the stadium, the fun that was being had was, uh, was second to none. We're seeing that all around the league. Uh, 
Calgary had their family day this past uh, this past weekend. Thirty thousand fans packed into you know into McMahon Stadium, and they were having a great time. They introduced kids into the uh, you know into the mix, and the kids were having fun. So you know, there's a lot of creativity. Uh, you know, you saw what Amar Doman did uh, in BC. You know, he's a passionate guy. He's got a long-term plan for the line success. Rick Lawlisher, they just brought in uh, Dwayne Vino to ultimately become Rick's successor. Uh, everywhere I look, I see an energy. Uh, you talked about Victor Cuey. I could go on and on uh, around the league and tell you that uh, there's a lot of dedicated people all committed to making sure that we have the best product in and off in the stadium and uh, and on our broadcasts. I think one of the things that COVID put on hold was uh, the stadium in Nova Scotia. And one thing that happened last month, Touchdown Atlantic, the scene, the atmosphere, everything in Wolfville looked incredible. Like it was such a positive, positive experience. It looked for everybody involved. Where what's the status of the tenth team? It's probably a question you get asked four hundred times a year, but I have to ask it. <laughs> well, I don't mind the question because I think it's uh, fundamental to our future. Look, we brought in an external uh, expert to kind of look at the league and give us recommendations. They've they've identified that expansion is key to our long term future, and so now we have to build the strategies to make sure that uh, that we get it done. We've made a commitment to our board that. Uh, you know, we are going to look for a win-win scenario. Uh, we'll, you know, a, a good for the new ownership group and and good for the rest of the teams in the league. We're doing it methodically. I, you know, one thing, Travis, I'll tell you for sure is we came out of Touchdown Atlantic uh, with more energy, more passion, and more excitement for Canada's tenth team than maybe we've ever had before. I think it was a uniquely spectacular event uh first of all wolfville and that entire community embraced us and and i would say cfl fans embraced them back uh nova scotia in general was remarkable the province was were great hosts and then you know to mayor savage and to and to you know halifax you know you couldn't ask you couldn't have asked for more the atmosphere was fun Friendly, I do think we added a certain you know level of energy, Argo fans and and Rider fans alike. So you know it was, I called it my somebody was teasing me. It's an expression my youngest daughter uses. Uh, I think we called it a ten out of ten. It was just a win all the way around, and now we want to harness that energy and focus it on finding a way to get our tenth team. Has uh, the CFL and uh, on Fake Gainer on Twitter has explored doing uh, neutral site games? In other communities across Canada going forward, like, for example, London, Ontario, Kelowna, B.C., anywhere across the country. You know, we are in the midst of that conversation right now. We're talking about where we uh, where we might have other games and then how do we use those games, those event style games you know, where you almost have a mini Grey Cup festival and you kind of bring the rest of Canada into this wonderful, zany passionate uh, league <laughs> called the Canadian Football League. And so, you know what, we were talking about that while we were in Halifax. We were saying, no, this is this is something you want to share with the rest of Canada. How do you do this? How do you find a way to share our league with more communities as a way of kind of growing and building our base? So, Travis, um, whoever is who's ever asking you that question, or maybe it's just you all on your own, that's the same question we're asking ourselves and we're starting to work on that. 
I believe it was 2019 when the league signed a new six-year deal with TSN. Of course, TSN's been a great partner of the league, 25 years of Friday Night Football this year. They do have their own streaming platform, but it seems in 2022, people just want more ways to watch CFL football or or any other content for that matter, Uh, possibly even having regular season games or the Grey Cup on broadcast TV. Uh, Do fans have something to look forward to in this respect? Well, I think the thing I'm really encouraged is the just the nature of our relationship with TSN, RDS, and Bell. It's remarkably positive, and uh, and we've all acknowledged together that the world is changing. You know, the 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 way people are consuming entertainment is changing, and how do we change with it? We had a meeting recently. Uh, Stu Johnson, the the president of TSN. And a number of his executives came together with my team. And we really just had that kind of conversation. You know, where do we go from here? How do we work together? We're, um, you know, we think about all of our partnerships the same way. We want to create a win-win. How, how, do, how do we not, not a, I, it's good for me and it might not be good for you, but how do we grow the game together? How do we grow the league? We know that this long-term deal with TSN makes us partners in our long-term success because we'll both benefit if the league is stronger. And a real shout out to the TSN team for coming to the table in that spirit. And they've been remarkably good partners going back. And I expect them to be even better partners going forward. And part of it is because we're all in this together and we are looking for those opportunities to reach more people and to have more people, you know, enjoy and uh, and consume this wonderful brand of football we call the CFL. I'd like to ask you about the schedule. I, I think it was... Uh... An accidental success last month where the Riders-Argos game got postponed due to COVID to the Sunday. And it seemed like all the discussion was fans were loving ending their weekend watching CFL football on the Sunday afternoon. Is this something that we could see in 2023 going forward, summer, Sunday CFL games? Well, you know, again, there's... If you look at just the core attitude that's being, you know, being uh, being displayed everywhere, it's don't you don't say no to anything, Travis. One of the issues that you get when you start playing deeper into the weekend is that uh, it affects the amount of rest that your players get in mm, when they yeah. have those games on Thursday and Friday, and so you have to be careful because you know what I, I like. I, at some level, I totally love it, but I also know that one of the things that we you know, I've been doing with our players as partners is trying to find a way to make sure that we have a schedule that gets these guys enough rest. It is not a game that can be played every second or third night. It It is just, I mean, these, these are world-class athletes and they are banging into each other with great, uh, with great intensity. You have to make sure that you're giving them the rest they all need and deserve so they can perform at the highest levels. On a closing note, I will uh, thank you for the chicken recommendation at the Grey Cup in Hamilton. You uh, recommended this place at the State of the League address, and hey, you had some great chicken that night. Uh, any other places across this great country that you like to dine at that uh, maybe we haven't heard of? I know it's putting you on the spot. Well, Travis, I'll say this. If you give me a little notice the next time we talk, okay. we should do this more often. I can promise you this. I <laughs> I have a list of favorites that, uh, you know, across the country that I make my way to whenever I can when I'm traveling. And, 
you know, as you know, one of the things that makes Canada so great is our cultural diversity. And one of the things that goes along with that is the most remarkable cuisine. Uh, you know, any country in the world, you can get great food everywhere. So I, I'm going to go to work on my list. So the next time <laughs> I, talk, I can, uh, I can rattle off a list of names, but uh, look, in the meantime, it's been great talking with you and best wishes to you and your family and all of your, uh, and all of your uh, listeners. And I look forward to connecting again. Thank you so much. We'll see you uh, for a poutine in Montreal one of these days. I love it. (laughs) Have a great day. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Taproot Spotlight, a service that helps businesses and organizations pay attention to the people they serve. Taproot tells you the news about the people and companies that are important to you. Use that information internally to keep everyone on the same page or share it with the world in your newsletter, on your website, and on your social media channels. Paying attention pays dividends. Find out more at taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. That's taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. Thanks again to CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi for appearing on the Two and Out CFL podcast for the first time since 2019 today. I'd love to hear what you thought about the conversation. What struck out, what stuck out to me was uh, the bit about expansion. Didn't seem like Halifax or the schooners are really in the conversation anymore. Maybe they're exploring other opportunities. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I, I fear that they may have to move on from that opportunity, which is, it's just too bad to say the least. I'd, I'd love to know what you thought about the conversation in the comments, or you can hit our website to and out.ca and submit a comment to the mailbag there. You can rate, review, subscribe to To and Out on YouTube and your favorite podcatcher. We'll talk to you on Monday with another special episode of the show as TSN's Glenn Suter is joining the show to talk about his upcoming induction into the media wing of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 